Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of November 12th through the 14th, 2022. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone is doing well out there. We had a bit of a health scare earlier this week. He's doing a little bit better now, uh, but that's why I couldn't really record earlier this week um, and getting this episode out on a Friday. Um, as far as box office goes, though, there is a we do have a lot of news to talk about with a new MCU film opening and setting records. So let's go ahead and start, hop straight in. Uh, in first place, as expected, we have the new MCU film Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the sequel to the massively successful Black Panther film from 2018. This sequel opens to $181.3 million in 4,396 theaters for a 41251 per theater average. This is pretty much in line with pre-weekend expectations of about $175 million to $200 million opening weekend. Uh, overseas, it made another $150 million for a worldwide opening weekend of about $330 million or so. This is the largest November weekend of all time, surpassing Hunger Games, uh, cat, Hunger Games catching fire back in 2013 with 158 million. Uh, with a budget of about 200 to 250 million, break even for this would be in the 500 to 600 million range, though it will very easily cross profitability. It did open just sort of Doctor Strange from earlier this year, uh, domestically about 6 million sort of taking the highest domestic open, but still it had better day over day drops for the first weekend, suggesting it might not be as front loaded. It's good. It's also the 69th, nice, uh, film to ever open above 100 million. And it looks like this one, this one was driven by an over-indexing of black moviegoers at 34% to be expected, uh, in line with the 37% of the original film, as well as uh, Hispanic moviegoers for the Mexican-inspired Namor at 21%. It currently stands at the 11th highest-grossing film domestically for 2022. Uh, the question is, how much higher can it go? So, in comparison to the first Black Panther film, which opened to $200 in its opening weekend and laid out to $700 domestic, this has a number of factors working against it. First, sequels in general just generally don't do as well as the the original. Uh, Second, opening lower means that even if it has a similar multiplier, it will just have a lower total. Uh, The first Black Panther had an insane 3.47x multiplier, which if applied here would get the sequel up to $628 which would be good for the seventh highest uh, film of all time right behind Black Panther itself. That said, 3.47x I think is asking a bit much. Um, When Black Panther first released, the average multiplier had been about 2.71x for MCU films. Recently, excluding the anomaly of No Way Home uh, being, you know, very, very long, uh, having an extra long runtime over the holidays, and Black Widow, um, you know, having an extra short uh, multiplier just because of the day and date situation, the average multiplier has uh, dropped from 2.71 to about 2.47x. Part of this can be attributed to perceived quality uh, differences of the of MCU films lately, part can be attributed to the saturation of just MCU content on Disney Plus, causing consumers to be more picky about what they end up seeing. Um, part of it can be Disney Plus just training consumers to expect movies to come to the streaming platform sooner or later. So why watch it now? Uh, in addition, Wakanda Forever does have a longer screen time, uh, which might be might make it less appealing to see in theaters, um, and also will impact how many times theaters can show the movie uh, per day. Now, to its credit, it is a generally well-reviewed film. It, has an, it had an A cinema score, 84% critics, and 95% audience Rotten Tomatoes, and a 67 on Metacritic, though this is lower than the original's uh, scores, uh, which had an A-plus cinema score, 96% critics and Rotten Tomatoes, and admittedly a lower 79% audience score, though that was before they had verified reviews. 
reviews, and then also an 88 on Metacritics. So, you know, generally lower reviews, um, even though it is still generally well-regarded. That's it anecdotally. Now, I haven't seen it myself, but talking to some people on a movie Discord I'm in who have seen it, it seems like the kind of film that you see once, maybe twice, um, but isn't necessarily a thrilling, a, a crowd-pleaser, you know, kind of like a visceral bang, 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 um, that, you know, will inspire people for repeat viewings like No Way Home did. Uh, it certainly isn't helped by the fact that inflation is creeping up across the country, and so people aren't, you know, are, are looking to be a little bit more frugal with their with their movie going. Um, all this to say, I think I would be surprised if it broke a 3x multiplier. That would put the ceiling of this at maybe 543 million domestic. Still solid, but outside of the top 10 domestic all time. Um, and if it's closer to like a, you know, 2.5x multiplier, which maybe a little bit low, maybe call it 2.7 then you're looking at, you know, a sub 500 million domestic total. Again, uh, you know, the, the 543 number would be about Lion King 2019 level. Uh, looking at internationally, you know, it gets a lot harder to predict with the World Cup coming up in the next week or so, which will lead to some stiff competition for eyeballs for what was already a rather US-centric release. Um, while most Marvel films, such as Doctor Strange 2 or Captain Marvel, had, you know, 43 or 37% domestic sales respectively, the first Black Panther film was an unusually high 52% domestic, um, so that's just going to further limit how much this can make. Add to that that it's not likely to get a China release at this point, given the lack of uh, MCU releases there lately, as well as no Russia release, uh, more on that later. Um, both of those markets contributed about $120 million to the original's worldwide gross, so a billion dollars is starting to look somewhat questionable for Black Panther Wakanda forever. Again, not to say that a billion is a disappointment, you know, much like Thor Love and Thunder, given the lack of uh, over other countries over of, of those two major markets overseas, it'll, it's a fine result, right? And it's definitely a respectable level given all of the circumstances at play. Just, I don't think there's going to be any major records here. That said, I think between now and I don't know, probably Avatar, this is probably going to be the number one film at theaters for a long time. Now, before going, now there are a couple of other some interesting headlines I saw uh, related to the box office. Um, apparently, Wakanda Forever generated $314 million in economic benefit for the Georgia economy with creating 1,800 local jobs. And then overseas, it had the largest opening of all time in West Africa and the highest of the year in East and South Africa. Uh, moving to number two, Black Pe Black Adam had an all all things considered not too bad fourth weekend. Fifty six percent dropped to eight million dollars uh, in three thousand six hundred and three theaters for a per theater average of two thousand two hundred thirty four and a running total of one hundred fifty million domestic. Overseas, it's made two hundred million for an even three fifty million worldwide. Uh, third place, Ticket to Ride continues to impress with a 5.9 million weekend, a 31% drop in 3,633 theaters for 16.24 per theater average uh, week four. Uh, domestic total is um, 56 million, a worldwide total of 153 million. Um, I think at this point, I think I'd call this one profitable off of its $60 million production budget. A fourth place, Lalal Crocodile, actually had decent holds, um, dropping only 5% to 3.2 million weekend uh, number six in 2,486 theaters, despite even losing 519 theaters uh, for a 12.87 per theater average and a 40 million domestic total. Still not going to be profitable, $72 million total worldwide and a 50 million production budget though. Rounding out the top five, we have Smile crossing into a $100 million club with $2.3 million, a 41% drop in 2,271 theaters for a 10.28 per theater average in week seven and $102 million domestic total. Worldwide, it now sits at $210 million. Glad this one was able to get to the $100 million marks as it's likely going to be dropping a lot of theaters going into the Thanksgiving holiday next weekend. 
Outside the top five, One Piece Red had a particularly steep drop, even for an anime film, dropping 84% to 1.4 million in 2,213 theaters for 654 per theater average. The massive total sits at 12.7 million, more on One Piece Red in a little bit. Um, on the Oscar side of things, a lot of films are starting to lose theaters. Uh, Till is down to about 1,300 theaters, Tar down to 350, Woman King down to 500, and Triangle of Sadness down to 184, Decision to Leave down to 130. Uh, notably, Banshees of Inserin actually gained 65 theaters, up to 960 total for a 717 to 19 per theater average, and Afterson also gained theaters, 47 to be precise, up to 92 for a 1521 per theater average. RRR also continues its encore performance uh, in Chicago with a 10,000 per theater average in a single theater. And then, not Oscar related, but we did see UFC Fight 281 played in 138 theaters for a per theater average of 767 or $138,000 total. The other big open this weekend on the Oscar side of things was The Fablements, which is Steven Spielberg's semi-autobiographical film of his childhood, shaping up to be a major awards player. It opened at $161,000 total in four theaters, good for uh, 40559 per theater average, the third highest of the year uh, for limited releases behind Everything Everywhere All at Once and, and The Banshees. Um, I suspect it probably would have opened higher if not opposite Black Panther, which, again, actually had a higher per theater average this week. Um, given that I think Wakanda Forever ended up being the kind of film that, you know, even if you're super into Oscars and indie films, um, you know, given that, you know, the pedigree and and, and whatnot of, of Black Panther, people want to see that opening weekend, um, leading to maybe some people who would have seen The Fablemans not seeing it this weekend. So, um, you know, while I, I, I didn't bring any, it's not the top of the year, it still is very much, I think, set the conversation for, uh, still very much still in the conversation for award season and shouldn't be a discouragement there. Um, if anything, I think it'll set the benchmark for future limited releases um, with th this award season you know um, you know 40,000 basically I think is the mark where if a film is able to open above that it should be in the conversation for being an awards player Oh, and also one more thing. Uh, Minions Rise of Gru has officially surpassed the Batman this year to take the number four spot of the th of the fourth highest grossing film uh, for domestically by a margin of about $20,000, uh, each making just under $370 million. Uh, overall, the total box office this weekend, mostly driven by Black Panther, uh, came in at $209 million. Uh, looking to the upcoming weekend, there aren't any major blockbusters releasing, which makes sense given you don't want to compete against Black Panther in its second weekend. That said, there is still some potential counter-programming and awards movie coming out. Uh, Universal has their Me Too movie centered around the journalist who broke the Harvey Weinstein story in She Said. Box Office Pros has it at $2.4 million for the weekend. Uh, Searchlight culinary thriller The Menu, starring Wild Fiends and uh, Anya Taylor, Joy is opening to an expected 8.4 million. Uh, Fathom Events is also running a special event for the first episode of season three of the Christian TV series The Chosen. Box Office Post forecasting it at 7.7 .7 million dollars or so. Other than that, all we have are limited releases in Bones and All, uh, the Timothy Salome Cannibal Coming of AIDS Romance Road Trip uh, movie from United Artists. That's a genre mashup, um, as well as EO, the Polish international entry from Janus Films starring a donkey. Uh, overseas, um, Japan has, uh, has some interesting stuff as always. As usual, even the newest MCU film could not surpass the love for anime there. Suzume, uh, Makoto Shinkai's latest film, opened to about 9.9 .9 million US over the two-day weekend or about 13.4 million over three days. Uh, his biggest debut ever and the third highest opening weekend for the year uh, in Japan in local currency, about 1.38 billion yen. According to folks on the World of KJ forums, uh, it'll probably come in at 13 billion yen or about $90 million total. Uh, 
though 15 billion yen uh, isn't out of the question. Uh, Black Panther came in at second at 3.5 million for the weekend U.S., um, dropping one piece red down the third in, in week at 19 for 132 million total to date. But that actually gained from last weekend uh, due to various giveaways to encourage um, uh, attendance. Uh, meanwhile, over in Korea, we saw a 20% reduction in box office in the wake of unfortunate of the unfortunate Halloween crowd crush incident, uh, leading to the lowest box office levels in half a year. And then over in Russia, Disney announced they are officially exiting the country completely, so it looks like Hollywood has given up on Russia completely at this point. Uh, speaking of another uh, country not getting many Hollywood films over in, uh, over in China, they did finally get a new film at number one, Crime Thriller The Tipping Point, opened to $8.8 million for 69% of the market. Nice. Uh, Homecoming came in at second with $2.4 million. Uh, Give Me Five Top Third uh, came in third. Um, uh, and then uh, last week's number one, uh, Serendipity Love, fell to fourth. Uh, technically, there was a Hollywood film actually opening uh, in Pause of Fury of All Things, uh, which, you know, Apparently, the director, Rob Minkoff, has a strong relationship with China, having worked with Jet Li in the past, um, made le- made, but that one made less than a quarter million dollars total. Um, you know, it's just as much of a flop over there as it was here. That said, there is hope that there is, an, uh, there is an expectation that we will hear if Avatar 2 officially gets a release. Rumors are they are aiming for December 15th, uh, with confirmation uh, by this time next week uh, on the 22nd if that's going to pan out. Um, let's see. As far as other news, first off, a new movie date. Um, is, uh, we have Woman Talking, which is um, uh, one of the uh, major uh, awards players this year from Sarah Poli. Um, that one is getting pushed back from a December 2nd release date back to the December 23rd limited release date opposite Babylon, which will be interesting to see. I'm wondering why they're pushing back if they're not as confident in the film as they were hoping. Um, as far as other news in the industry, uh, where else was there to start outside from Warner Brothers? Uh, this week, the rumors are that the Fantastic Beast franchise is more or less dead at Warner Brothers, no surprise. They're still loath to give up the Wizarding World, though, and further rumors suggest that they were considering trying to adapt the much maligned uh, Cursed Child Broadway play. Um, so yeah, not looking good there. On the streaming front, Don't Worry Darling debuted to a Samba TV reported 700,000 household, 700, households uh, for over a week, which is less than stuff like Deep Water on Hulu, which had 800,000 in three days, so not great there. And then on top of that, there was news this morning that uh, there was news um, of this week that uh, horror guru from uh, from Warner Brothers, James Wan, head of The Conjuring and Saw, as well as, of course, Aquaman, um, is in talks with budget horror master uh, Jason Blum from Universal, responsible for the Halloween franchise, among others, to merge their respective companies with a third stakeholder in Universal's after Wan's first look deal with Warner Brothers expired in June. This is a huge blow for Warner Brothers as uh, horror films have been one of the few successes uh, in the post-pandemic era due to the low risk due to the low budgets, high potential upside reward, um, as we've seen with uh, Paramount uh, and, and Smile. Uh, speaking of, Walter Hamada, formerly of DC, has signed a multi-year production deal with Paramount. Um, uh, he had worked with Juan on Aquaman and uh, Conjuring, and he'll be leading up the Paramount's horror pod, um, again, which has seen success with Scream and Smile this year. A lot of S, uh, a lot of S uh, horror films. Um, over on the Disney side of things, uh, they hit 
a gain of 12.1 users in Disney Plus uh, for 164.2 million total and 235 million uh, uh, for across all of the streaming platforms, including ESPN and Hulu, beating Wall Street expectations. Though losses continue to grow to 1.57 billion, uh, there were also news of a number of films now in production or no longer in production. Uh, on the in-production side, a new Princess Diaries movie is in the works, and Sean Levy is the latest to be in talks with Disney for a Star Wars film. Um, this time after his work on Deadpool 3. Though, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and J.D. Dillard, the director of the upcoming Devotion film, was apparently going to have a Star Wars film, which is no longer in the works, which I wasn't aware of him being in charge of one. Um, also off the slate is uh, Mar the Margot Robbie-led Pirates of the Caribbean film spinoff. Um, side note, has anyone uh, heard anything about Strange World coming out in like two weeks? I've barely seen any marketing for it, so I'm not even sure if tickets are on sale yet. So um, that one's looking to, even with forecasting, not do super well. And then, you know, some other miscellany. Uh, Lionsgate has started formality to spin off its studio from Stars, resetting the timeline for a separation to aim for next September. And then on the movie side of things, Indian film sensation RRR is currently uh, in early development of its uh, next sequel. Uh, to wrap it up, as far as what I've been watching this week, uh, I did see Tar in theaters last, last Friday, which I'll, I'll uh, save for my um, Oscars Death Race podcast. Um, and I've also been binging all the Muppet movies on Disney Plus uh, in the last couple of weeks since I've been planning on canceling my subscription uh, for the service in early December when my annual, annual subscription runs out. Uh, I'll be ranking all of those once I finish. Uh, with that, that's a wrap for this uh, belated episode. Send me an idea for what I to cover via email at bogconferencewatchpodcast.com or on Twitter, which is having a time of it, on B-O-Watts Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review, or at the very least, tell a friend any of that helps. Uh, uh, links to all that will be in our show notes. Uh, numbers used in the show come from dnumbers.com, intro and outro music from Kevin MacLeod, and competech.filmmakers.io, editing and production by Ninja Boy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch, and remember, our watch goes on. Thank you.